Hi, Luke here, the musician. This episode is sponsored by my goddamn album, which you can find more about in the middle of this podcast. Hello and welcome to Hey, I Loved That Movie, the podcast where we rewatch the films we loved when we were younger to see if they still hold up. I'm Dan. I'm Michael. And I'm Luke. And for this episode, we watched Bulletproof Monk. Bulletproof monk. <laughs> it's too early for that absolute banger to be. Yeah, it in didn't this. exist yet. So well, this film was well, trying to be futuristic. It was failing. Yeah. This is where Larue took inspiration. Yeah, she watched this film. She was like, you know what? I could, I could take this. What I'll do is, I'll do it, but not do the bit about it being a monk. <laughs> so we should actually talk about the film properly and start the podcast. Yeah. So. Yeah. The film start. I, so I have to clarify. I haven't seen this. This is Luke's suggestion. Uh, you're welcome, <laughs> Luke. Was this one that you'd seen a few times before? Or? I caught it on like Channel Four, like Film Four, at some point, and like half remembered bits of it being like incredible in the worst way. And I love films like that because I refuse to watch films and more importantly, I refuse to watch good ones if I can help it. This must so, be perfect then. It's fucking beautiful. <laughs> this film is absolutely fucking terrible and I love it. Yeah. So we start off with two monks fighting on a bridge. Importantly, uh, one of them is played by Chow Yun-Fat, who is genuinely like a legend in martial arts movies. The fight choreography is real weird. It's um, bad. Uh, the use of wires... Um, feels like they were going for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, but failed. So I think they were. I want to talk about that at some point. I want to talk about why I think the wire work doesn't work in Bulletproof Monks, but it works in like proper wuxia movies, which I'm probably pronouncing terribly. But, but that, that like floaty martial arts film is called wuxia. Uh, martial arts is fantasy, but also, yeah. um, oh God, the chroma king. Shit, yeah, right? so, oh, adorable. yeah, it was very obviously on a green screen for that first yeah. bit. We begin in the past. <laughs> yeah, we we begin. 1960, no, 1940-something in Tibet. Yes, with uh, Chow Yun-Fat fighting his teacher. He's the exposition monk. Yeah, he's the exposition monk. He is the exposition monk. And it it turns out that 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 order of monks protects a magical, all-powerful scroll. That lets you become god. It lets you control all and everything, which is... A lot in set like a ridiculous amount of power to put in one object in this world so the the main monk's teacher says i want to i want to move on to you you're going to take control you're going to be protector of the scroll you have immortality and and magic martial arts stuff he also said that he was incredibly undisciplined but he fulfilled the prophecies so it's cool yeah which will come up later in this movie because they don't foreshadow. <laughs> they <laughs> take black paint and go, there you go. And then Nazis turn up. They show and up he... after the exposition monk becomes a short-lived vacation monk. He was just one day before monk retirement. Yeah, he was minutes from fucking was, monk retirement. He was, he was mid-monk retirement. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I want to talk about the shitty, the shitty, like, we pass on this magic and it, it lasts every 60 years it passes on. 60 years? isn't that long like it's long but when they were like oh i'm immortal i live forever i look young i remember it being like oh like every hundred years no 60 60 you don't need all the magical young thing you don't need the immortality for 60 years (laughs) you could you could do it all without that 
why is that so such a shitty amount of time? You could just be an old monk protecting it. Exactly. It's, it's really unnecessary to have the age thing. If it was like 100, <laughs> 150 years, sure. But it's not in 60. Yeah, then the Nazis turn. The Nazis show up. Yeah, they shoot the not bulletproof monks. The bullet-soluble monks. <laughs> yes. Permeable <laughs> to bullets, monk. Yeah, well, the... <laughs> Apart from one of them, who appears to be bulletproof. Yeah, who and is also a monk. Chow Yun-Fat, <laughs> who is now protector of the scroll. Now he's bulletproof and immortal. Yep. And escapes by falling off a cliff. Yeah, he yeah. jumps down. There's uh, Yeah, he escapes. There's also the other type of monk in this scene. The monkey monk? Monkey, yeah. Yeah, monkey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because um, head Nazi tip. guy. Pro tip, items of power must be easily accessible by a child with a monkey. Yep. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, um, we get the incredible line of monk. Monk, 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 and then sixty-year time jump to New Monk City. Yes, New Monk City, where Stifler Monk is uh, pickpocketing. It's really like it's such a weird vibe of New York City as well, because it's kind of timeless. Like we're at the like it's two thousand and three, so we're at the peak of the long nineties now, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like we're um, in late nineties. Yeah, time has weirdly <laughs> stopped, and like the future itself has been slowly cancelled. Yeah, um, Friends isn't quite ended yet. Like, yeah, we're in the late nineties, two thousand three. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the nineties go through until around two thousand and seven. So yeah, we have this weird like timelessness to the setting because of that. The glorious pickpocketing and the first interaction uh, between our character, whose name I don't know, nor do I know the name of the actor, nor Stifler. do I ki- Stifler. Yeah, Stifler will do. I don't His name care. Is Carl. His name is Car. His name is Car. Like small introduction. He helps someone off the track with help of the monk. So I, before we get to that, I genuinely, I think. So my problem with this film, and it happens throughout it, there are genuinely good scenes, and I talk about this a lot with these this show podcast. There are a lot of good ideas happening. They're all just terribly executed. Yeah. Like, I really like the idea that one of them is being chased by police and the other one is being chased by Nazis in suits, like Nazi guards. I really like that. And I liked the cutting in between them. And the, the, the only time this film has pace of any kind is this scene and the final scene. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the film has no pace or timing. Yeah, because he, he steals the scroll. The Stifler yeah. monk steals the scroll of power yeah, so, from the bullet so monk. Yeah. They do they jump down yeah, they jump down to help a kid off of a tr- off of a train track. Yeah. Because she, she gets her she leg fell. caught and I don't know how she got her leg caught. Luckily all the the police had stopped chasing Stifler, so they didn't have to help. Yeah, so oh, much of this movie just like, well, the characters are off screen, so they disappear into the void. <laughs> they vanish, yeah. And then, and then Monk does magic stuff, mm-hmm. and which, like, I don't want to be like, oh, he did magic. He did magic because that is never brought up again that he can do that. He has the power of whatever's convenient at the time. Yeah, he has he has the, the ability to bend metal, this... which... I don't even know in like martial arts movies is that a thing. It's that weird thing with like um martial arts movies that were made for a white English speaking audience where so, like you just have the foreign traveler who can do magic because foreign people woo. So this this is my crutch problem with this film and I love martial arts movies. I've watched a lot of like wuxia movies, I've watched a lot of Chinese martial arts movies, I watched a lot of Japanese martial arts movies watched a lot of american martial arts movies i watched a lot of jackie chan films i've watched a lot of that like bruce lee films all of those types of films i love them 
And I think this film is trying really hard to be a Western Wuxia wirework film. But I think the problem with this film, and entirely throughout all of the fight scenes where the wirework happens, because it happens a lot, they do the wirework stuff and then they explain it in the worst way possible. Because he just says, air is existent, thus it can be stood on and swam through. And if you watch a lot of those martial arts films where there is loads of wirework, they don't explain it. They just let it happen. You don't explain magic when it's a real thing. Yeah, right? like they they don't explain it, and like even in the Matrix, they don't really explain how they do it. They just do it, and then they hand wave. Oh, it's because it's in a coded program. And I think that's the problem. Is it? It almost gets like wire worky, high wire work, big martial arts, but it also tries really hard to be grounded. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel like the other issue as well is that all of the fight scenes and stuff where they are using the wire work, they're just like edited to shit. There's so many cuts that you you don't quite get the feeling of what's happened being a thing that's happened. A a lot of the fight scenes just felt like they did stuff and then edited it together and hoped for the best, kind of like this podcast. Don't (laughs) give away our secrets. Um, I think that's because only one person, one of the actors, like the actual actors in it, has experience with like wire work and working and it's Charlie in fact because he was in he was one of the leads in Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon the like wuxia film that came to the west he was that guy (laughs) so when he does that stuff it looks great because he's used to it and you see that in like the final fight scene and stuff they're they're the best ones because they just go full wire work and it's fine You see it with him avoiding shit early on in conversations yeah. as well, but we have kind of skipped past. Um, yeah. Anyway, the, the best weird, part in the film, the weird side of uh, vibe, and my favorite character, Mister Funktastic. We should explain how we get from the train track saving to Mister Funktastic, and what happens is there's a cut, and then yep. they're in this, and then he's in in the underground lair of Mister Funktastic. That's yeah. it. I think someone grabs him, and then you're in the first time you're introduced to this character, who may be the best character in the whole film. Yep, straight uh, up favorite character. You, you can find me on. This. I want to point. I want to point out specifically that his chest tattoo definitely just says "fucktastic." F U K tastic. It does. It absolutely does. And they definitely wrote that out of the script afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Did not change his chest tattoo. <laughs> his, his name it's is Mr. So Funktastic. So this character we should explain. His name is Mr. Funktastic yeah. and he Powerfully is British. <laughs> so that, British. as soon as he started talking, my brain was like, "Oh no." Yeah. <laughs> he is the leader of as far as I can tell an underground ring of criminals, cyberpunk gang, um that live in an unused part of the subway system in New York, Mr. Funktastic. Yeah. He's British for some reason, <laughs> which is so, it's so jar. I don't think people understand how jarring his English accent is. Oh, it's not. It's not a posh person English accent. It's proper full lad. Not quite Essex oi oi legend. It's right? lad. <laughs> it's lad though. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's but... South lad as well. There's a British bloke for no damn reason. Um, calls himself Mister Funktastic because you know no one else gave him that name. He called himself that one. Yeah, that, yeah absolutely. He... Given that it's tattooed on his chest, he definitely well, he definitely asks people to call him that, and they say no. It was probably like his nickname at school that he gave himself. Like, just some person calls himself Chaz or whatever. This guy's like, nah, fuck that, Mister <laughs> Funktastic, and he softened it later. 
<laughs> after he got the tattoo. So we get the first of the prophecies happen here, like battling uh, with a flock of cranes above. Yes. And whilst in the first instance of the prophecy is cranes the bird, this time it's just fucking well, it's cranes. Cranes in, like the lifting tool, shit. The instrument. Yeah. And I want to de- deliver the best line in the film, which of course is lucky for you, this little bit of crumpet. Uh, is begging for some of my funktastic love. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking so, incredible. The so only good that, line in the film. So that, like, the quote-unquote little bit of crumpet, which feels awful to say. It feels genuinely awful. Yeah, it's it's not um, even, like, no British person would actually say that. No, so that, that character, that, that woman, is the love interest of the film. She yep. is... So she turns up in the Mr. Funktastic scene as, like, She's just there. Yeah. She, she's the one who squares up to Kurt as well, which, like, yeah. like, like and kicks his ass. Yeah, yeah, she's like, I'll fucking fight him. <laughs> and then she gives him, like, a stick or something so he can yeah. bash people. Which, no one in Mr. Funktastic's team, squad, I'm calling it a squad, no one in Mr. Funktastic's squad notices her kicking him a metal pole when he's fighting Mr. Funktastic. It's so good. Oh, uh, uh, Mr. Funktastic likes getting tied up. He does like getting tied up. <laughs> That's we that. learn a lot about Mr. Funktastic. That's, that's important for later. Um, they put a lot of time and effort into writing Mr. Funktastic's backstory. So so we get the like party scene in a subway car where, um, once again, character whose name I have not learned because I don't care about the film that much, um, ties up Mr. Funktastic, the only character whose name I bothered to learn, yeah. uh, which he seems to really enjoy. And then well, she like, just what? fucks off. Why which is Mr. Funktastic mildly homoerotic? Oh fuck me! Like man. he fully is, isn't he? Like yeah, 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 yeah. Like like absolutely, he's a twink, but like like a buff twink. Yeah, no, he he he's a twunk. Um, <laughs> twunk. When they first him and Carve first meet, it is, there is a lot of sexual tension there. I mean, like fighting is always powerfully homoerotic, and anyone who doesn't say so is a coward. Yeah, no, it's true. You are speaking nothing but facts. <laughs> That's what I came here on the pod to do. I love, by the way, the detail of the Golden Palace being where Carr studied, and that's just a movie theater, and he just copies the movie. Oh yeah, the yeah. Uh, the Cinemonk. Yeah, yeah, Cinemonk. the ultimate white guy learning martial arts in a movie. It's this is the thing though, right? Like that is, I bet there is a like absolute cut of white guys that have tried to learn martial arts from just watching martial arts films. It's, it's fully a trope. It's the trope that goes with the white savior movie because this is just a white savior movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's the thing that really bothered me was yeah, it's like this ancient Asian tradition. Not only is it being passed on to one white guy, but mm-hmm. two white people. <laughs> I have I have comments on that later. Mm-hmm. But um, we we will save that for the show. I want to point out the attempt at a cone, as in like the try and uh, stop a strange failure of thinking that is present in like the Zen tradition. The cone our monk delivers is why do hot dogs come in packages of ten when hot dog buns come in packages of eight? Yeah, the hot dog theory, monk. Yeah, I want the listeners as an exercise to think about why do hot dogs come in packages of ten when hot dog buns come in packages of eight? So you buy four packs of hot dogs and five packs of buns. Oh, well done, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, we are introduced to the human rights organization that are definitely good guys also yep. powerful as you know bob vibes with the explanations mm-hmm. yep definitely um, not an old nazi monk in disguise uh, no. posh english accent by the way why, very important why is it so the whole movie i was trying to work this out why is the nazi's granddaughter very british and very posh 
I mean, if you're German, it'd be a bit on the nose. Yeah. It just hit me out of nowhere. Like, why is she, why is she uh, German? Because this is an American film. It's an American film. If it was German, it'd be on two, two on the nose, and people would know right away. And also, posh English accents are coded as villainous in Which is, is that why they gave Mr. Fantastic an English accent? Uh, but not a posh one. No, but we know he's a villain. I, I've got a question about Mr. Fantastic because towards yeah. the end of the film, I did trail off a bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. What happened to him? Where'd he go? <laughs> uh, I will get to that later. Um, so he got he got tied to a lift and then starved to death. I assume. <laughs> Um, so he just sort of disappears i also want to point out a fucking incredible line which is this is america we don't have enlightenment here oh man this movie has so much potential it's it's so close it has that much potential it has a minigun helicopter monk and it still doesn't so that training sequence Mm -hmm. i think is the biggest problem with this film i can't remember what order this film happens in but there's like a training sequence between Car and the monk, mm-hmm. where the monk is explaining how to do wuxia stuff, how to do wire work stuff in universe. Explaining how to do in universe wire work, yes. It, which is the areas exist. You can you know it's there. You can feel it much like you can feel the ground. Thus, if you just believe, you can walk on the air. It's so close to almost being something from a Buddhist tradition as well, right? Like the question of interdependence uh, and the fact that like the boundary of your skin is actually a lot rougher than you'd think. What it comes off as is we want to explain why these characters can do this, which is never, you don't do that. You just let it happen because it's big martial arts and big martial arts is cool. We talk about the suspension of disbelief in theatre and cinema, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part, part of doing that is, like, not even acknowledging that there is a thing that needs to be believed. Yeah. I get why they need it in the film for the story, because the whole arc, Carr's whole arc is learning this stuff, and mm-hmm. so he can be, spoilers, he's the next monk, bulletproof monk. Yeah, spoilers for bulletproof <laughs> spoilers monk, for a film from 2003, monk. which you yeah. absolutely should have seen. It's one of the <laughs> most currently talking about. Of the last two decades. But yeah, no, they, like his arc is learning how to do air walkie wire work stuff. Yeah. But that scene is like the core problem is don't explain it, just let it happen. Yeah, let it be suspension of disbelief, not suspension and wire work explained in the movie. It, yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't need I got a joke by the way, it's a good joke. <laughs> um well, and then after that scene you have the Helicopter with a minigun attached. Yeah, minigun helicopter monk, yeah. This film goes into, like, here's some martial arts air wire work wuxia film. And then it goes, but it's actually a Western action movie. It tries so hard to blend them together, and it doesn't blend them. They are constantly fighting for space. This film is so obviously, like, after the Matrix as well. Yeah. And they saw the, like, helicopter minigun Morpheus torture scene. Yeah. And were like, we can do that. We, we, we can do that. Like, the first Matrix is an incredible, like, martial arts film in, in for and by a Western audience. But the critical thing is the Matrix, which we might talk about at some point, the Matrix got one of the best stunt coordinators in the world. Oh, hey there. It's only me, your resident musician, just letting you know that I'm putting out an album on Friday, August the 6th, 2021, and it's going to sound a little like this.
Oh yeah, it's going to be over 12 hours long, I think. I mean, I'm not sure yet, it's not done. But go to themenace.bandcamp.com and use discount code HILTM15 at checkout to receive 15% off anything on my Bandcamp. That's HILTM15 at checkout at themenace.bandcamp.com for 15% off. Anyway, let's get back to the show. At this point in the cinema, Nazis were the villain. Uh, not only that, but they were also kind of magical characters and yeah. not really human. That was kind of the problem with Nazis, though, right? Human. One of them. Yeah. <laughs> One of them. Like, like they weren't so Nazis, like... as, Nazis as villains. <laughs> yeah. In the, film. the the core problem was, yeah, there was a time where they were mysticized as the uh, faceless bad guy that doesn't really exist anymore. Uh, yeah. Break into the mansion scene is the best bit of comedy in the whole film. Yeah, Stifler, yeah. like when he just tries to jump and just full on runs into that door. Fucking yeah. amazing. Say, he turns back to the monk and says, Don't say anything. And <laughs> just like tries again. Yeah. It's so good. So that is built on a sort of fantasy version of a real martial arts. It's all about climbing walls and like bridging spaces. Like they get this stuff just enough to put it in the film. And just not enough to fail. And but they just don't do it enough to like understand why Wuxia Hong Kong waifu films work the way they do. Because you just do it and it's brilliant and it's amazing to look at and the camera works amazing. It's also something that's not good in Bulletproof Monk. No. <laughs> as as we find out in the the next scene. Oh the, the... editing well... They have a fight sequence that oh. might be one of the worst fight sequences I've ever seen. That's fucking the dialogue when they're rolling around a chef's kiss but i wrote none of it down okay so this fight scene it's between them two because she has a necklace that they need because he tries to steal it and she wakes up no he stole her necklace and was going to give it back as a like i found this thing when he really obviously just stole it because he is a shit person yep Um, so so yeah as per usual this film has a great story and we remember it perfectly yes (laughs) the the mark so the fighting in this sequence is awful the Mm -hmm. Actual like physical stunts are bad. The choreography is awful. Mm. The camera work is terrible. Some of the cuts, like they don't even make sense. It doesn't feel like an actual flow of movement that's happened. So (laughs) what what I think happened during the scene is they filmed a completely different fight sequence, and then they wanted to take bits out and change it round, change the story of the fight because. All of the audio is ADR. You can uh, tell because they sound a lot closer to the mic than they actually are. Yeah, a lot of this film is ADR, and it bothered me all the yeah, way through. It's real bad. But this scene in particular, they ADR'd pretty much all of it, apart from like two lines in the middle, which means that during that edit, they can't show any of their face. Yeah. They can't show any of them talking. They can't show any real movement that involves looking at their head. So it edits in like the strangest way and leaves these pauses that you can clearly tell weren't meant to be there i also want to point out that there is an entire environment that they are fighting within (laughs) and none of it is used there are sofas and tables and chairs you would use if you're in the middle of a fucking fight right well it was a flirty fight and flirty fights are the best fights sure um it was a it was a flirty fight mate if Uh, i'm in a flirty fight with some guy i'm gonna give him the chair (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna tie him to an elevator and you you might starve to death (laughs) (laughs) yeah she started that flirty fight to finish it later watch them the mask of zorro that was the another again another amazing flirty fight is 
uh, between the man spider and the bone crusher. Who would win in a fight, bone saw or Mister Funktastic? Bone saw. I mean, bone saw's ready, but Mister Funktastic has his Funktastic love. Mister Funktastic might not make as many homophobic remarks as Spider Man. That's true. No, but but Mister Funktastic is incredibly homoerotic. He really is. So you bring in opposite energy. Yeah, no, they'd they'd have a flirty fight for sure. that yeah. chest shave was immaculate. It was. He it put was. a lot of effort into that. By the way, um, after this flirty fight, um, where they decide to work together, and it is revealed our love interest is also the daughter of a mafia boss named quote Ivan the Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Never mentioned yeah. again. No. Well, they need a reason for her to have explosives. But like, I get why her dad would have it. Don't yeah. quite get why she would have expl- high explosives. Well, it's not like she's not going to have a connect for it, you know. No, but why does she have them ready, is the question. She was planning to take Mr. Funktastic's place. (laughs) She was going to take him out. Oh, wow. That's why she tied him to that lift. Actually covered in explosives. Well, like, the whole thing with, like, hanging out with Mr. Funktastic for her was that it was some place where she didn't have a name. Names are important in this film. Names Um, are important. Yeah, like Mr. Funktastic and the Stifler. Mr. Funktastic Funktastic had the best name. I, I love in a film of names are incredibly important. And all of the names are picked very carefully, apart from Mr. Funktastic. No, once again, thoroughly disagree. I believe that Mr. Fucktastic was picked very carefully and then someone had to make a decision. Uh, we also get two out of three prophecies punned with battling for love in the par- palace of Jade. Jade was her name. Fuck. Jade, yeah, Jade is her name. <laughs> like, why do I remember the names? Of, I don't remember the third prophecy. It's something to do with friends they didn't know they have. Um, it's because yeah. the TV show hadn't ended yet. So that's it. So there are three prophecies. The first one was defeating an army of enemies underneath a crane, as cranes soar above. Uh, then there's the... Battling for love in the Palace yeah. of Jade. Yep, and then there's that Rachel uh, will get off the plane. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's the we were on a break. Yep. <laughs> um, no, so the final prophecy is you will save people's lives you never knew with a family you didn't know you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was something dumb like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a it's really a weird prophecy. Very forced. Feels back solved. Yeah, yeah, it does. So yeah, the monk is kidnapped by the Nazi, mm-hmm. the actual older Nazi. Um, the monk has a dick tattoo, and that is canon. He does have a dick tattoo. The monk yeah, has a dick tat. So he tattooed the scroll all over his body. Um, the the scroll that's on his body is the actual scroll, apart from part of the scroll. That's not the bit of the scroll that's on his dick. No, no, no. He the, the rest is in his mind penis, stored uh, stored deep inside. The um, rest he's memorized. I just so... love that the monk has a dick tattoo. Yep, um, uh, and no name. <laughs> this will be important later. Um, Powerhouse of a person, uh, like full dick tattoo, no name. <laughs> Our neo-Nazi daughter definitely does the I'm going to give this monk head look when she goes down to look at his dick. Yeah. Which is... I mean, yeah, you need to... If you 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 want to read it properly, you need to make sure that it's a a nice, slightly smoother surface. (laughs) If he's flaccid, it's going to be a little bit, like, wrinkled up and stuff. You know, you're not going to be able to read it properly. So she's got to fluff him up a bit, and then she can read it. Otherwise, she might get the scroll wrong. Fucking neo-Nazi fluffer to attain a scroll. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's that's the plot of this movie. <laughs> well, she, yeah, and then she uses a scanner that doesn't make any sense uh, to, to scan his brain. 
Yeah. No, to scan his entire body, it's just like a green light on a stick. Um, There's and... so much, like, they, they, they want to explain all the magic and none of the technology. Yeah, they put so much effort into explaining things that don't need explaining and then just make things happen that don't make any sense. Like, the technology is the actual magic in this film and the magic is, like, something that they feel the need to explain. Yeah. It's so odd. The Nazi has kidnapped a load of other monks and he's put them in mind-reading machines. <laughs> Whilst electrocuting them. Whilst electrocuting. Well, that's part of the mind readingness. Why did yep. he kidnap the other monks? Uh, he's racist. Did he not know which one had this? I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> if <laughs> there's anything we know he's about the Nazi a character, he's literally a neo-Nazi. He wants he's... to attain godhood so that he can rid the world of all but the Aryan race. He's not even a neo-Nazi. He's an actual. He's from <laughs> World War Two. Oh, yeah. He's just an old Nazi. He's at least eighty. He, he was he was an officer. He was yeah, probably he, like 30. Yeah, he looked like in his early to mid 30 at the, at the beginning of the film. So he he's like in 90 to 95. Yeah. That's old. It is old. Do you know what it's older than? It's older than the cycle of how, handing over the scroll to the next month. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. like he has outlived the amount of time it took for them to change. If it was longer, if that tradition was longer, wouldn't be a problem. So cause... like the scroll was handed to the next monk when um our nameless monk was in his like twenties, maybe, maybe yeah. maybe thirty. But like honestly, the actor looked in his twenties then. Uh, he looks the same now. So like thirties. Yeah, he hasn't. So a similar thing. Like he's also like nineteen ninety five years old. Don't get me wrong, like permanent agelessness for sixty years, I could do a lot with that at my age. Like that would take me on to ninety years old. It's not agelessness. It, it, like it's it's straight immortality. Yeah, it de-ages you as well because I mean, spoilers, but you get the scene where the Nazi actually gets de-aged. I don't like that. It, so they he reads the scroll from the scan of the monk monk's dick tattoo. He knows that there's bits missing. Then he gets end of what's written down. He de-ages and gets unexplained magical powers which is like the only time it's okay is like it's on the nazi and they don't explain it yeah they th that's <laughs> they the one thing try. they really don't explain what the scroll does that well no and even I'm... the exposition monk at the beginning doesn't explain perfect, it perfectly okay with that if they also didn't try to explain every other magical martial arts in yeah. the world. <laughs> um so yeah, he de-ages, he gets all the magical powers, he de-ages, but he's not immortal yet, he can die. But what I think would have been so much better for the following fight scene, if he stayed old, if it didn't de-age him, and if he stayed old. That would have been way better. I wanted to see old man fighting two people off. <laughs> just want to see an old nazi get beat down like yeah. old old unrepentant nazi get beaten down yeah cool grand yeah, yeah, whatever it would have been great it would have been so much better than him being young i mean this film gets so silly by the end the final yeah. choreography in the final battle is almost good it uh, goes... but the editing kills it so during this entire soundtracking for the film we get interjections of like orientalist novelty music yeah and i mean that like uh as in like exotica as a genre, yeah. which is not actually like written by anyone from the area, but no. like just roughly, vaguely, oh, it sounds kind of like this as a vibe with like no kind of care for like actually how people playing like Chinese classical and folk music actually conceive of how music works, which affects how you play. Uh, sorry, <laughs> musician, it's actually my job, yeah. you know? Um, uh, which I think it is a core problem of this film that we haven't really talked about it is a white savior movie that acts on the trope of it's called like magical orientalism where yeah. there is one asian character and they are 
a magical um normally martial arts driven person mm-hmm. who can do all like cool shit that is a core problem with this film and a core problem with films like it but this fight scene is where it gets good it's the but, only good fight scene in the movie and it's because they release all concept of it being real and grounded you have the nazi who uses magical powers to stop a car midair and throw him against a wall it's ridiculous but like they don't go oh he did that because he believed that the air was solid around him yeah he pushed solid air at him he what? just does it and just... that's great yeah like um... I, I think that's when it gets good because it fully just lets go of this like the the realism that's been bogging down every other fight sequence my, my note was fight choreography in the final battle is great but the editing isn't right yeah like, no, um... the editing kills it everything else about it is awful the music is doesn't fit the editing is terrible yeah uh, so... the, the other the other one that i noticed had really bad editing was the the obligatory two girls fighting scene oh god yeah, yeah. Because that was too grounded of a fight scene. Also, my favourite part about that fight sequence is, number one, they're both fighting in heels of some kind. The Nazi woman is fighting in, like, stilettos. And the other girl is fighting in flat, like, almost flat shoes. Like, it's a teeny bit of a chunky heel, which is good. I, I like as soon as I notice her, the Nazi woman wearing stilettos, and I recommend everyone do this in a fight sequence where you notice one of the characters is wearing very tall heels. Watch their feet the entire time. The <laughs> amount of times that she would kick and it'd be a flat shoe, and then the next shot, high heel. Yeah, because because whilst they can walk in stilettos, they're gonna you fight in flats, and fight. then you're gonna edit. <laughs> but, also... but how good would it have been if she just went hold on and took off her heel? But, but see, that like, would have been a great comedic beat, and it just yeah. the the film just doesn't quite do enough to make it. Well, no, you can make it like a I'm gearing up to fight thing. Like yeah. as she walks, she kicks out of her heels. Yeah, it would have right? been great. Like, but no, they were like she has to fight in heels because it's sexy. She can walk up, do a backflip, the heels flick off, hit the girl in the face, just, and just she wins. Dig into just, her shoulder. Just no, in her eyes. Bladed <laughs> heels. Bladed heels is the only acceptable time that heels should be allowed to be used in a fight sequence. Just the guy editing this, like he, he, the reason why he's so bad editing is because he's busy jacking it. The editor for this film was having a hard time from the start to because so much of this film they had to edit around. They had to add so much ADR, they had to fix so many fight sequences, they had to be so careful with the action scenes, so careful with the wire work, yeah, of course it's badly edited. So like, when you shoot a fight scene, Mikey, like, I assume you take do multiple takes of the same choreography, right? Yeah, and you yeah. plan it out beforehand, it's exactly chore- how you want it edited. It's choreographed and, and planned shot for shot. Perfectly, um, or else but- you end up with the jade house fight scene the reason why you do multiple takes right is so that you can have um both the swing of the punch and the punch hitting like and when you cut between the swing and the hit you very often like don't cut so that the fist is in the same place you'd cut it a Mm. little bit back because it adds the feeling of impact yeah fight sequences are hard and especially big like wire worky air fight sequences mm-hmm. because that they have to be shot from far away or else they look awful because of the wire 
Well, no, just because like uh, the flow is gone so much. Like if you watch um, House of Flying Daggers or Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, they're all sh- all of the fight sequences. They don't have many cuts in them because you lose the flow of mm-hmm. the movement, and it's the flow of the movement that's so important to those sequences. And that's why the end to bring it back. That's why the end scene fight scene in this film, I think, works really well. Because it's not all close-ups and weird shots that they had to edit around. It just flows. It has more rhythm to it as well. It has more rhythm. And I again, I think it's just because they let go of what was bogging it down. So, of course, Carr wins after losing yep. because it's a fight scene at the well, end of a film. He's um, kicked off the edge of a, a billboard that's flipping. And then the monk says, remember, you can beat him. And then he remembers the air is solid and liquid at the same time. Like, so he basically like flips his, he, he puts his feet onto like a pole, jumps up in front of the Nazi and then back kicks the Nazi off the building. <laughs> it went full wire work. And that's great because it's not grounded in anything. They just went, sure, he can do this now. Surprise, by the way. It turns out both of them are now the bulletproof monk because yeah. they both fulfilled the prophecies. Yes, uh, so, this is yeah. revealed because Jade gets shot just out of nowhere. Yeah, she's she's yeah. Uh, the not bulletproof monk, uh, bullet permeable monk. Oh no, she's bullet permeable girl at this point. She's not a monk. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, but it, like it isn't just revealed. Then it it has been in every sense of the word foreshadowed. <laughs> oh, like really fucking like, heavily. Like, they. Like from the very first sequence of they fought, you fought off an army of enemies with crows above your head, uh, with cranes above your head. Because she is the one that ends that fight, she says, "Oh come on, Mister Funktastic, let's leave." And then you get the best dialogue, which is, um, "Luckily, this crumpet is on some of my what is it, Funktastic love?" Funktastic love. Technically, Mister Funktastic ended that fight. Does Mister Funktastic get a new tattoo as as well? Well, Disney- no. Yeah. He hasn't fought Jade in her house. He has made a friend. He has saved friends he didn't know he wanted with family he didn't know he had. Like, really important question, right? I have an important question. Is Mr. Funktastic the monk, the bulletproof monk? Uh, Mr. Monktastic. <laughs> he has to um, give it. He'd never give up his name. That's the important bit. Yeah, it's tattooed on his chest. Yeah, the monk went He'll around. He'll give up and... one of the letters. The monk went around and found him earlier in a sequence we didn't see. And he said, you're the next bulletproof monk. I want to know if there were other scenes with him that were cut from this film. Because he does just disappear and it's so so unresolved. But also, I want to point out, right, so um, the monk has a dick tattoo. And they both get the scroll tattooed on them. Mm -hmm. Sakaar has a dick tattoo. He might not have a dick tattoo. He might have had it tattooed somewhere else. Where is Jade's dick tattoo? Also, they inside. They didn't get the full tattoo of each. They got half and half. No, so no, they, they got the full tattoo. They got half of the last verse each. I thought they got half of the tattoo each. They got Wait, it all what? apart from the last verse, and they only got half of the last verse each because Stifler had a smaller dick than the monk. <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, in before one of them forgets half the verse, and then they're just fucked forever. Yeah, that's it. Done. <laughs> Over. Oh, whoops. Three, three bulletproof monks down the line. They're like, why is the last half of the last verse in English? We uh, we could technically reach exponential growth of bulletproof monks in yeah. a few more 60-year mm-hmm. cycles as well. Speaking of them having genitals, we get the obligatory bit at the end where they have a bulletproof fuck. <laughs> the bulletproof fuck. Because they have to fall in love now, of course. Finally, both their dick tattoos unite. Exactly. Oh, that's that's how, that's how the scroll that's how you read the scroll is they fuck 
How great um, would it have been if they didn't fall in love at the end? We get the answer to the hot dog riddle, which is life doesn't work out according to plan, but you can always get a hot dog. To which I reply, it's America. We don't have enlightenment here. <laughs> no, the answer to the hot dog riddle is that you have half of the tattoo on the hot dog and half of the tattoo on the bun. <laughs> Um, so anyway, how many pumps of Funktastic Love is this out of 10? <laughs> None. I don't want any of that. <laughs> uh, I was, I was going to give it um, four bullets deflecting off a monk out of 10, to be honest. I, this movie was, and I mean this in the blandest way possible, fine. <laughs> how, how many broken Chaoyun fat backs? Because he was carrying this movie. <laughs> um, how, also... how many Chaoyun fat hospital bills for carrying this yeah. movie. How, how many hours did he spend in physiotherapy for his shoulders and back? So um, we never find out what happens to Mr. Funktastic and his crew. No. We never found, find out if he ever got to make Funktastic love. No, um, he never did. <laughs> we don't know if he got really, you know, took the time to explore his love of being tied up more and maybe some, no. discovered some things about himself that he might enjoy. And we don't know how was the party on the subway car. Do you reckon he ended up going back to England? Comes back to England like, I've learnt some things. <laughs> Get me some rope. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'd say for um, Chaoyang Fat chiropractory bills. This is the thing. I love this film and it's terrible. Yeah, no. It's I, so bad. I highly recommend the audience watch it, not because it's good. Like, if you want to watch a good martial arts film, watch House of Flying Daggers, watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, watch Fearless, watch all those Specifically stuff. for what this movie is trying to do. Yeah, if you want to watch like what this film is trying really hard to be, there are better options. Also, the end scene, like the outfits they choose, are just so we watched the Matrix. It's, yeah, it's it's not even subtle. But also, yeah, like a solid five to six pumps of fantastic love for me. It's it's good. In the worst way. It's like, it's not a good movie and you, you could enjoy watching it if you go into it with that approach. Yeah, yeah it has so many early 2000s, late 90s problems. Yeah. Oh God, it's so bad. It's it's not a good movie, but if you've got some crumpets to layer in fuckastic no, love. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, I just realised that... um. Funktastic love um, at its completion could be used on crumpets, and it's probably where we should end the episode. Yeah, maybe. exactly. Also, yeah. probably maybe cut that. Yeah, yeah, we... <laughs> yeah. The bit where we cut out about spunk crumpets. Anyway, <laughs> spunk it. No, spunk <laughs> crumpet uh, love. Or crunks. <laughs> crunks bump it. Pr crunks spunk it love. Yeah, but do you put it in the toaster before or after? Before. Crumpet based spunktastic love. Don't put it on after, you'll burn the spunk. <laughs> Don't put it on before, you'll burn the spunk if you stick it in the toaster after. So, with the that horrific statement, uh, I have been Dan. I have been Michael. I've been Luke. And you can find us on Twitter at Pod. That is at H-I-L-T-M pod. And we're on, obviously, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to leave us a review, let us know how many spunktastic crumpets you would give our podcast. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and don't, you don't have to. But also don't forget we're also on Google Podcasts. Yep, Google Podcasts. Uh, uh, anywhere you get podcasts. Um, really. You can find the music for this show at themenace.bandcamp.com. That's M-E-N-N-I-S-S. -S. You can find me on the, all the socials at The Menace. I'll Please. leave some links in the description. Yeah.
Bulletproof. 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 He's a monk. Bulletproof. 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 It, well, fuck, he's a monk. <laughs> yeah, he's a monk. Can't, can't get shot because he's bulletproof. <laughs>